0: Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeyemo. Amen. So let's quickly go. Last week, I shared the purpose of this teaching. I said it is twofold. I said it is for both those of us that are matured, because matured people are expected to minister the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which some of you are going to see and experience today. That. Uh, You know, for some time now, I don't even lay hands for people to, to get to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's either my ministers or you out there. So everyone is going to participate. Everyone that is born again with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. Let me see your hands on. You are born again. You are baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. Amen. Now, how many of us are here today physically? You are baptized. I mean, you are are born again, but you have not yet experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. Let me see your hands up. You are born again quite all right, but you are not yet baptized with the Holy Ghost evidence. I can see one or two hands up. Very good. So today will be your day. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, those of you at home, you can put it on the chart in case you want to be ministered to on Sunday. And if you have faith, you can even stretch your faith right now and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Like we said last week, it's dual in nature. This teaching we are receiving is dual in the sense that it is for us, the matured, to be equipped to know how to minister baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some of us are going to have secret disciples. Some of us are going to have personal disciples. Some of us are going to reach out to people who will never, one way or the other, come to your church. But they are your disciples. It was through you they gave their lives to Christ. Through you they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Through you they received counsels. Through you they grew. Through you they knew God. Through you they moved on in life. Praise God. So you're going to need it as a tool, for one, for you. Secondly, for those of us who are not yet baptized with the Holy Ghost, it's a sound teaching for you to understand. These are the kind of teachings people need. Because sometimes you see people for two years, five years, ten years, Twenty years they have been struggling with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it 's because they have not been taught properly they don 't know the foundation. you will see after this kind of teaching, it is just easy. It will be as if where has this tongue been all the while? You just you yourself can 't stop again it will be where, where has it been? Praise God so again, we are just going to guys, if you want to, you can move to This part, so you can see very well. You can move to the rows, amen. Uh, So let's quickly go over what we learned last week, amen. Number one, the first thing we said was, I'm going to be very brief. Sorry, I, I would love to go into details, but you know I have to finish this today, amen. So the first thing is to help the believer or the candidate, the one who wants to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You have to help the person see that God has already given the Holy Spirit. And now it is up to that believer, it is up to that believer to receive the free gift of God. You are not calling for the Holy Ghost to come. The Holy Ghost is already here. He has been given. Amen? So what is the first thing to help the candidate see? The candidate must see that what? He's just to receive the Holy Ghost. He's been given. He's just to receive. Number two, what is the next thing? You have to show the person who is that candidate to receive the Holy Spirit that anyone who is saved, the moment you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are ready to receive the Holy Spirit when? Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately. Some people say, oh, I must be more holy, or I must restitute, or I must do some things again, or I must be washed uh, in the blood of the Lamb. When you gave your life to Christ, you are already washed in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. Some people say, oh, they must be more pure. No. They must be more holy. They must be more separated. They must be more sanctified. They must No. Holy Spirit himself is the one to help you to achieve all these things. Some of you say, oh, I still have habits, and that's why I can't receive the Holy Spirit. That's not true. In fact, you need the Holy Spirit to help you overcome the bad habits. Do you understand this? So you have to help the person see that that Holy Spirit is what you need, that it will not be by struggle when you now have the overflow of the Spirit. You can train yourself. You can teach yourself. You can energize yourself out of it. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Because sometimes we have been indoctrinated in a negative way. We have been de- indoctrinated in a wrong way. But so, for you to know this. So, number one, what did I say? You are to help the person see that the Holy Spirit is to be received. Number two, you are to help the person see that when does the person I mean, when can the person be baptized in the Holy Ghost immediately as received Jesus Christ? After receiving Jesus Christ, immediately, I told you about the church I was grew up in. Hallelujah! That the way we receive the Holy Ghost—the day you give your life—that's the day you are receiving the Holy Ghost. Why? Wow. It's scriptural. Acts chapter two, verse thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Read it when you get home. I've done that. Oh, listen to the part one of this message. On Spotify. Everybody says Spotify. All right. You will spot it and you will file it. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three. Tell the candidate that when you lay hands, there's a ministry of laying of hands. We don't make any joke on that. But when we lay hands, when you lay hands on the person, when you lay hands on the candidate, something will happen on them. They are to receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, that's another golden place to see this happen. There was something that happened there. Can you put it up for me? Acts chapter 9, verses, uh, you can do 4, 5, and 6 for me. 4, 5, and 6. You know the story. When Paul was traveling on his missionary journey, he saw some disciples. He said that have they received the Holy Ghost in verse 1. He said, no, they have not received the Holy Ghost. He said, they have not heard of the Holy Ghost. Then he started going. He said, then what were you baptized unto? He said, we are baptized to the baptism of John. John the Baptist, which was a baptism unto repentance. They repented quite alright. They turned from their wicked ways. But they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Many people are like that in churches today. You are born again. All the bad, bad things you used to do, you do them no more. You have turned and you live. You are now born again. But you still don't have the Holy Ghost. Then Paul said, ah, no, 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 no. You got to have the Holy Ghost. You got to have the Holy Ghost. You got, so something happened. Verse 4. Let's go on to verse 4. And he fell on the earth. 19, 19. Did I say 9? I think I said 19. That's 19. All right. Wake up, wake up. Or you need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And then said Paul. John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, they came into Christ. Now, verse 6. And when Paul had what? Laid his hands on them. The Holy Ghost did what? Fell on them. And they speak with two tongues. That's the sequence. Laying of hands is a point of contact. It's a point of contact saying, receive the Holy Ghost. That's what we tell candidates. When it's time to receive the Holy Ghost, you lay hands. Whose job is it to lay hands? Paul laid hands here. Any representative of God, any child of God. You can what? Lay hands. You lay hands. And what happens when you lay hands? The Holy Ghost. Did what? What does the Holy Ghost do? Came on them. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you when we lay hands. And when the Holy Ghost comes, the third thing is that you will have to speak. You will have to speak. Many people make the mistake. They want the Holy Ghost to speak. No, We studied that last week in step number four. Isn't it so? That the Holy Ghost will give utterance and you will do the speaking. The Holy Ghost will give the utterance, you'll give the speaking. Praise God. So you lay hands on the sick. You lay hands on the candidate who wants to receive the Holy Ghost. And what happens when you lay hands? Let's go over it again. What happens to that person? The Holy Ghost comes. And when the Holy Ghost comes... Remind the person he's the one to do what? Speak with your tongues. Many people keep their mouth closed. They want the Holy Spirit to speak. They take the Holy Ghost as a tape recorder that has been dumped inside of them. So when the when the Lord presses play, then the tape recorder will now start playing, playing, playing. That's not how it works. No, a thousand times, no. Praise God. He gives the utterance and you are to speak. Hallelujah. So you got to teach people very well these things that I am saying. Number four, tell the candidate that to expect as he receives the Holy Ghost. You must be expectant. You must be expectant. Tell the believer what to expect as they receive the Holy Ghost. You must tell them what to expect. What are they to expect? They are to expect that utterance will be given. They are to expect that the Holy Ghost will come on them. They are to expect that vocabularies will be given to them in their vocal cords. They should expect that the Holy Ghost is going to touch their vocal cords with vocabularies. Hallelujah. They should expect to speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They should open their mouth wide. The person who wants to speak does not close his mouth. He will open his mouth and want to say, where's that word? Praise God. Amen. Amen. So step number five today. Glory be to God. Are you still in the same boat? Step number five. It may be necessary to help some folks get over their fears before they begin to speak in new tongues. Because sometimes it's fear. Fear has come. Hey, some people are afraid when it's time to speak in new tongues. Why? Well, they have made gestures of others in times past. They don't want to say nonsense. They don't know whether something will take over their lives, and they begin to say all sorts of jargons. Uh, and then the greatest of all is that people have given them fear. They'll say, Hey, there is the fake spirit. Don't receive the fake spirit. There is original and there is duplicate. Are you sure it's not the fake one you are going to receive? So they start having fear. Hmm? Especially when you come from a background of different spirits. Praise God. Many seekers have been told by well-meaning Christians that there is a false kind of tongues. so And uh, that can sort of send fear into many. When I hear people talk about that, I just point out Luke 11. Luke 11. Let's turn our Bibles there quickly. Luke 11, 11 to 13. Luke 11, 11. It's simple to memorize. 11 to 13. If you're there, say, "I got it." I can't, then you are not there yet. If you got it, say, "I got it." All right, some of us are there. Okay, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him serpent? Or if ye ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Simple. How can you ask God for the Holy Ghost and you get a fake spirit? It's not possible. Unless it's no more your Father. That is why the Holy Ghost is for believers. It's not for unbelievers. Unbeliever can't ask God for the Holy Ghost. The first thing he needs to ask God for is what? Is salvation. Is Jesus Christ. So Jesus was saying in this passage of scripture, if your child should ask you, a parent, for bread, will you give him a wrong thing? No, of course, you wouldn't. Praise the Lord. So God is saying, if you know how to do it, you, you know in evil, you will not give evil to your children. How much more, I my, who is your father in heaven? I won't do that. Praise the Lord. Like I said, it's a different thing entirely if he's an unbeliever trying to ask for the Holy Ghost. No, he's not qualified in the first place to have the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I said praise God. And I still want you to note something. Note the words that Jesus used here. Pay attention to it. He used serpent and scorpion. Serpent and what? Scorpion. Turning to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke 10 19. Let's quickly flip over there. Luke 10 19. Are you there? We read, and Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Can you, can you relate now? In, in chapter 10, Jesus was already giving power to tread over what? Serpents and scorpions. You are treading over serpents and scorpions. So how will he also give you serpents And scorpions. Serpents and scorpions are representative of evil spirits. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are symbolic. They are symbolic to spirits that are contrary. So how will he that has given you power over serpents and scorpions give you serpents and scorpions? Are you getting it now? He's not done. That's not his heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope you got that. Amen. Glory be to God. Step number six. Step number six. Because I've seen this happen several times. That when, when you just open the eyes of people to see. Immediately, it's like a scale in their eyes, it just falls off, and people just go for the Holy Ghost. And whoa, you can't even stop them anymore because they've been hungry for a long time. You can't even stop them anymore. Why? It's just the scale of ignorance that is that has been covering their faces. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Glory be to God. So step number six, step number six. What is step number five? Yes, help them get over the fears. Praise God of the baptism. They, these are the fears that they oh they might receive a strange spirit. They might receive a you gotta help them. That God cannot give you a strange spirit. Scorpions and serpents, He can never give you. Why? He is the one who Call them serpents and scorpions as representative of evil spirits. So how can he give you evil spirit? He can't. I hope you got that. So step number six, tell the candidate to open his mouth and be ready to use his own mouth and vocal cords. We went over it in step two, how it is important. How it is important that the vocal cords be readily available and it's the candidate that will speak. The spirit will give utterance, the candidate will speak. Let us go over that again. The spirit will do what? Will give utterance. Everybody say utterance. The spirit will give utterance and the candidate will speak. I don't want to be tempted to go over that again because, uh, like I said, go go listen to it again on Spotify. Amen. Uh, I don't want to be tempted to blow time today. Glory be to God. Amen. So tell the candidate to open his mouth and be ready to use his mouth and vocal cords. For the Holy Spirit will give utterance, but he must speak. He must speak. The candidate must speak with new tones. He must give voice to the utterance. The utterance will come, but you must give voice to it. At the same time, the believer should tell God in his heart, I am receiving the baptism of a Holy Ghost right now by faith. I'm receiving it by faith. Make them confess it, that they are receiving it by faith. Praise God. I like to absolutely insist every time I'm given the opportunity to minister to people, To speak with new tongues, I insist they shouldn't speak in their natural language. Amen? Write that down. Don't even speak one word in your natural language. I'll tell you the reason why. I'll give you scriptures for that. Don't speak one word in your natural language. You see, when the Holy Spirit begins to move upon the believer, one thing you should do is tell the believer to lift up his or her voice. Amen? To lift up his or her voice. You say, no, no, lift it up. Give voice to it. Give voice to the utterance. Sometimes you see the utterance is already manifesting in their lips. You've got to give voice to it. Amen? You've got to give voice to it. Because faith comes by hearing. And what? Hearing by the word of God. So when the person is giving voice to the utterance, you, you automatically will see and know the utterance is flowing now. But you see, the person gets more faith when voice is given, When voice is given to the Because you begin to hear. What you are hearing, you say, ah, me too, I'm saying this thing, you know, I'm saying it all. See, I'm, and I'm not, it's not a pretense. It is just coming. The vocabulary is just coming. I'm receiving. So that's how the person's faith begins to increase. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Praise God. So number one, no word. No word in the natural language. Don't allow word in the natural language. And two, when the utterance is there, increase the decibel of your voice. Amen. Whatever utterance is given, increase the decibel of your voice. And when you begin to hear your voice, your faith increases. Thank you, Jesus. When the person can hear himself speak in tongues... In a distinct language, he will have assurance and confidence that he has received the Holy Ghost. And that's why you encourage them to increase the decibel of their voice. I'm sure you've seen pastors say that several times to people. Let's quickly see the scriptural basis for this. It's not theory, it's not philosophy. John 7:37 to 39. Let's have it on the screen and I'd love you to open your scriptures also to see it there. In the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He should come to him and drink." He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly, that is out of his spirit, shall flow rivers of living water. There is going to be a flow. Hallelujah. Everybody said there is a flow in my life. <laughs> but this he spake for the Holy Spirit, because they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, here, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will come to us like rain. And Jesus said in John chapter 7 that we are to come and drink the Holy Spirit. We we have come to drink. Drink the Holy Spirit. Now, it's trying to introduce a principle to us. That anyone that will drink... Listen, when you are going to drink, you want to drink something, can you drink something with your mouth closed? No. You can't drink with your mouth closed. Imagine a cup of water in front of you, you want to drink. One of the very first things you do is open your mouth to drink. Praise God. So he's teaching us a principle there. In other words, Jesus is saying, saying in receiving the Holy Ghost, it's like drinking water. Praise God. It's like drinking water. You want to come and drink. And one of the principles you should quickly note is that I can't drink this thing unless I open my mouth. <laughs> is that clear? That is the same principle that is involved when it comes to the Holy Ghost. The point is this. No one can drink with their mouth shut. And in the same way, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, a person must put action to his face and give voice to the unction of the Holy Spirit. He can't do it with his mouth closed. Remember, the Holy Spirit gives utterance, trance and the person will do what? Will speak. So in speaking, you can't keep your mouth... Some people will close their mouth and expect the... I told you several times, it's not the Holy Ghost that does the speaking. He only gives the utterance, you will do the speaking. Are we clear about that? So that's what you have to let the candidate know. And I suggest to you every time, and that's why I'm spending time to teach this... Keep these notes very well, these notes I'm giving you. You can invite them to a class, first of all, and teach them about the Holy Ghost. Teach them that they would have meditated on it. Teach them in such a way that, boom, by the time you lay hands on them, they're gone. They're already speaking in new tongues. I've done this, I've practiced this for years, again and again. And I just see new dimensions every day. When I spend time to teach people this, whoa. In fact, sometimes I don't have the luxury of two days like we are are breaking it up. But because of those who need the teaching so that they can become disciples of it. Most of the time, I do this teaching when I want to minister it to somebody. And maybe in five, in ten minutes, I'm done. And we have to give it a go. Praise God. I remember it was in Vancouver, 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 BC. And uh, another experience was in Winnipeg, Manitoba with young people. I remember that night, 35 of them, 35 young people came out. And all of them, every one of them, the Holy Ghost just fell on them. Boom! Let me use my favorite word, booger! Praise God. All of them. All of them. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. when You see, it's a confirmation of God in you. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Anyway, we'll come to testimonies later. Let me try and get this all out. Amen. Secondly, no one can drink and talk at the same time. This is my proof of telling you that we don't need your natural language. If you are drinking the Holy Ghost, can you talk? Uh Uh-huh, you can't. If you are drinking water, I mean, can you talk at the same time when you are drinking? No. So that's why you don't need that natural language. As you are drinking, it is utterance and the utterance is converted. Praise God to new tongues. Praise God. I have seen people receive the Holy Spirit and open their mouth in faith. They just open their mouth by faith. And as the spirit of God moves on their vocal cords, the grace is released like that. Simple. So simple. No struggle. Hallelujah. I have seen hundreds of people manifest at the same time. At the same time. At the same time. So it's the same principle. It works every time. I see you minister to hundreds. I see you minister to thousands. I see you minister to one, two, or three. I see you minister to tens and hundreds. Praise God. And all of them will keep on receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. Praise God. Hallelujah. Step number seven, as we bring this to a close. Have you been blessed so far? Praise God. Keep the candidate from being distracted. That's another thing. Keep the candidate from being distracted. Sometimes distraction is too much. (laughs) Praise God. Somebody is speaking from one side. Hold on, brother. Hold on, brother. The other one is speaking from the other side. (laughs) Lose yourself, brother. Lose yourself, brother. The The other The other one is, the other one is in front. Oh, push yourself forward, push yourself forward. Ah, and what? Do, which one do I do? <laughs> Praise God! Don't distract the person. Let one person minister to the person. It's okay. I want to say, despite all that hallowing or whatever it's called, uh, many people have still received the Holy Spirit. Even with all the shouting and yelling. But I've seen also many well-meaning believers have lost courage because of such behavior. Amen? So many folks are a little slow in yielding to the Holy Spirit. I understand that. Some might be slow. But if someone is there to encourage them, just to help them, you understand? Uh, the Holy Spirit people can be more ready to receive. Is that clear? Praise God. Praise God. So keep this candidate from being distracted. Let there be the focus. I've showed you the three-step cycle there in Acts chapter 19, verses five and six. That you lay hands, what happens? The Holy Ghost comes, and what happens? He begins to what? Speak in new tongues. The laying of hands is a point of contact. It's a step of faith. But once I touch you, you can even say that. Once I touch you, the Holy Ghost is already on you. Just speak what is there. Amen? And that's how it goes. So let's do it one more time. When I lay hands, what happens? The Holy Ghost is there at the same time. What's the second difference between laying of hands and the Holy Ghost being there? A split of a second. It's just simultaneously, immediately. So I lay hands, what happens? The Holy Ghost is there, and what does the guy do? He speaks with new tongues, that's it. One more time, go over it. You lay hands on the sick. You lay hands on the candidate that wants to receive the Holy Ghost. What's there? Holy Ghost comes. And what does the guy do or the lady do? Speaks with new tongues. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There are some other things that we can do when the Holy Ghost is being ministered. If you are more than two, let the others begin to speak with new tongues as well. It charges the atmosphere. It makes faith rise. It makes the atmosphere conducive for the Holy Ghost to move. It gives confidence and faith to the person who is about to be ministered to as well. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You will find the following seven steps very useful. Every time you are given the opportunity to bring a convert up or to share the Holy Ghost. And they are, they are well-meaning believers sometimes. It's because the word of God has not been taught like this to them. And just like those disciples, well-meaning disciples that, G, that uh, Paul came across when he was on his missionary journey. And uh, he said... They have not heard where there be any Holy Ghost. Some churches don't teach about the Holy Ghost, so why would people speak with new tongues? Or why would they, or some some churches do speak in new tongues, but they don't give room for others to get baptized or others to be taught? Or the people who even speak in new tongues to understand the fundamentals. Let's Let's be sincere with ourselves. Sometimes we get saved during revival moves, during the move of the spirit. That you didn't even ask for the Holy Ghost. You just found out you were in a meeting. They said you should give your life to Christ. You came out. And when you gave your life to Christ, you just started speaking in tongues. You don't know what happened. You got home. ba, 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 In the middle of the night. ba, ba, you, And they say now minister the Holy Ghost to somebody. You say, ba, ba, ba. Because you have not been taught. And after even though you know you had a genuine experience and so on, but you need to go back to the word of God and say, what is this experience? Oh, it's the Holy Ghost. Wow, this is what it does. How do I minister to somebody else? You've got to understand. There are exceptions, but the exception is not the rule. Okay, I'm telling you about laying of hands. What if I tell you that nobody laid hands on me to receive the Holy Ghost? I was in my fourth year, in my high school. I, I wanted the Holy Ghost. And I prayed a sincere prayer, knelt down by my bedside. Was, there was another lady I wanted to bring. She's, she's one of my disciples outside this church. And, uh, and uh, the way she received the Holy Ghost, I was just laughing that day. Because she was, she was describing my life, how I received the Holy Ghost. I read a book about the Holy Ghost. I wanted the Holy Ghost. I knelt down. I can never forget that day. It was in the night at about 1045 thereabout. I was in high school, what we call secondary school then. I believe I was in my form four, my fourth year. And I just knelt down by my bed and I said, Holy Ghost, come. And I was just praying. I was just praying. Before I knew it, I was just praying something strange out of my lips. Praise God. And it was flowing. I couldn't stop. There was so much joy. I couldn't stop. It was just coming from within here. I was just coming. Vocabulary was coming. It was coming. It was coming. I didn't have that privilege. But I know that's an exception. Exception is not the rule. Yes, you can receive the Holy Ghost that way. But this is the biblical. This is the way God has said we minister it. Amen. Praise God. And it doesn't mean exceptions stop. Exceptions can still continue. Amen. And taking note in my day, in my day, that's a few years ago, uh, the Holy Ghost wasn't common in my country or the country my wife was born in. It wasn't common. Praise God. I told you about my father who I knew, uh, evangelical Christian, you could call him. He was a Christian to the core a born-again Christian. He knew about salvation. In fact, he spearheaded a revival in the mission he was in, which was the Anglican mission. But I knew he wanted the Holy Ghost. He did everything to have the Holy Ghost. But in those days, the teaching about the Holy Ghost was cause. Praise God. Amen. But what a privilege and honor we have in Christ. You have the Holy Ghost. Come on, tell somebody I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, say like a minute, I got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.